0: Before we hop into today's episode of the podcast, I want to tell you guys about someone I've been partnering with over the past few months. The name of the company is 2 and if you guys are looking to take your training to the next level, 2 x 4 is the right product for you. 2 x 4 is blackcurrant powder, and blackcurrants are antioxidant berries grown in New Zealand. Studies have shown that consuming them regularly improves endurance by increasing blood flow and removing lactic acid. It's used by professional running team Tin Man Elite, as well as teams in the NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. There was one study that showed that using 2 Before consistently can improve your athletic performance by 4.6%. And so, as I look to close out this fall on a high note with my training, as well as get in some really quality training, this winter two before is going to become a staple pre run pre workout. I absolutely love this stuff I've worked with two before for a long time for this reason It's become a staple in my daily training and life routine because of that You guys can get 30% off at two before with code the running effect 30 Not only does this get you guys 30% off but also free shipping and i've left a link in the show notes again Highly recommend this product and I definitely recommend at least trying it out once and seeing if it works for you Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Schleeder, and today I am joined by Charlie Lawrence. Charlie ran for the University of Minnesota back in the day, and most prominently recently set the American record in the 50 miler. He ran 5.46 pace, if I'm not mistaken. He's run 64.14 in the half marathon, 2.16.10 in the marathon. He ran the exact same time twice in 2018 and 2023 and has a long list of other accolades that add to his incredible resume i'm particularly fascinated by the world of ultras and even running 50 miles at all nonetheless at 546 pace so today's conversation centered around a lot about that race the build up into it his journey to get to that point as well as a lot of his backstory growing up in minnesota his mom coaching him throughout high school their relationship in present day and so many other interesting things that kind of fill out the story of charlie lawrence I thoroughly enjoyed this one i got a lot of value from it and uh, charlie is a great speaker and storyteller as he goes through his journey career and this incredible feat of the 50 mile american record one quick note before we hop into it i would greatly appreciate you giving us a follow a five-star review and sharing today's podcast episode with a friend with all of those notes aside i hope you all enjoy my conversation with the one and only the man the myth the legend charlie lawrence Charlie Lawrence, welcome to the Running Effect Podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing well, man. Very well. Yourself? Doing good. First question for you right off the bat this week is Thanksgiving. What are your plans? What are your thoughts around the holiday? Is it a sleeper holiday? Is it
1: overrated? What are your thoughts on it? It's overrated. That That's my thought on Thanksgiving. Um, I like it because it's just kind of getting close to the end of the year um, it's usually, you know, it's a shorter week's on a Thursday. So like, you know, we're, we're recording on a Monday. This week's pretty dang chill. Like nobody really wants to work. Like no one's like asking really much. So, um, it's a good holiday, but a little, a little overrated. I mean, like I said, short, short week. Um, yeah. Plan. Um, yes, I'm going over to my buddy Garrett's. So that's the plan. He lives just a town over from Boulder in Louisville. Um, Garrett Drenth is his name. So his parents, Walt Drenth, he to coach at Michigan, at Michigan state. Um, actually is current coach, um, they're in town. So we're smoking turkeys and probably having a couple of, couple beers and then, uh, going to sleep early. So should, it should be a good day.
0: Thoughts on uh, Christmas music that always comes up in relation to Thanksgiving. A lot of people say you got to wait till after what are Charlie Lawrence's take on uh, Christmas music? When can you start listening?
1: The day after Thanksgiving. Okay. So black Friday, like start ripping it. Like it's great. Get in the holiday spirit. Like I have a, I have a blow up snowman. Um, that i'm waiting to put out on friday so i just got to take it out of the box and plug it in And that's you know the one that like stays inflated with the air fan that keeps it going so throwing that up on the patio on friday that's me getting the holiday spirit i don't really i don't know like I'm trying to think like what's the classic mariah carey's album i don't even know if i like i don't really listen to anything you know like i love uh like the classic grinch um i guess the elf grew up on that but um yeah that's that's me getting the holiday spirit so and that's there that's there to be snow too and there's like in boulder there's Hasn't been snow in Minnesota. Like growing up, there was always like mounds of snow. So for me, it's like it's kind of weird. Um, so hopefully, get a little bit of snow, not a ton, in Boulder.
0: I feel like you need the weather for Christmas music. Like in Ohio, I grew up in Ohio. I now live in Austin. In Ohio, like man, it would snow in like October sometimes, and I would want to throw on Christmas music. But now in Austin, it's like it's seventy degrees outside. I don't want to listen to Christmas music. So
1: yeah, know- it i would say yeah it's it's a weird vibe especially like it was just pure like my family grew up like we would go to a tree farm chop down the tree bring it up decorate it like all that stuff with we go do that in the snow have hot chocolate after um now it's just looks like i don't know there's no leaves anymore but there at least a few leaves in there
0: which is good though because oh. wasn't last fall like miserable weather
1: last fall was wild yeah and like i say this too where i grew up in like minnesota then lived in michigan um those winters are brutal because it snows you know like in ohio you said in october and that snow doesn't leave until sometimes april may whereas here like it'll snow and like 24 48 hours 72 hours max like it burns up because the sun is just like gets in the sun done like we had five six inches of snow like three weeks ago four weeks ago now um just gone like it's completely gone so that was like Traditionally, what i would learned Boulder winters to be um, expected, but last winter, it was pretty cold. It got up to like, you know, negative 20, like towards like Christmas um, and the snow kind of stuck around longer. So it was like not a warm fall, definitely a colder winter and the snow stuck around, you know, didn't melt and then snow again a couple weeks later, like legit sat there. So um, wasn't anything really new to me. It was just new to, to Boulder. So um, I personally enjoy it, but yeah, gnarly last winter for sure here.
0: You mentioned putting up the inflatable snowman growing up in Minnesota or even in your own personal history. um, Was your family ever into like crazy, elaborate, like light schemes over the house or in your neighborhood growing up in Minnesota going on runs? Did you ever notice any houses that every year would just spend elaborate time and money on making their house look ridiculous?
1: So I grew up in a really small town in central Minnesota, like 2,500 people. And there were always select families that's just like, like, the gentleman who owned the one car dealership, he, like, lived a few houses over. Um, they, very nice house. Like, they'd blow it up. Like, they do, you know, all the lights, a tree, um, you know, snowmen. My um, next-door neighbor across the street at my mom's house, they had, like, their backyard went down to, like, kind of a swamp area. So, you could go, like, around their the back of the house and, like, drop down. So, like, their basement kind of built in, like, into the ground there. And you could enter like down around the back. Um, they built a massive like snowboarding ramp. So it's actually one of my buddies, like one of my best friends of this day, Tyler Funk, like right across the street. Um, it was massive. I mean, it was like a half pipe where you go down and where it's easily, you know, 20 meters long where you kind of go up and down. Um, so they do that in the winter, like snowmen. Um, my dad would always put a, he had like, a blow up snowman but it was like the hard plastic kind he just put that um on the roof with some reindeer he also do that with <laughs> like a dracula for halloween um so that was about it but yeah the um the murphy's so on the cardio ship they'd go all out um my buddy t funk they do like the snowboard half pipe which is always fun you know we'll just walk across the street and do it like they even like get to the point where um his parents would go out and like put like water and stuff on it so it'd, like kind of like refreeze and harden so like be able to maintain shape throughout you know parts of the winter parts of the day um pretty elaborate they they worked hard and it was great so um that's probably what they they do the most and then like i said my my family would just do the the basic lights throw uh throw sand and reindeer on the roof and um it's good speaking of that version
0: of charlie in
1: minnesota how did he
0: get his start in the sport of running and what were his first impressions of it
1: Um, I loved it. So like, I tell the story a lot where my parents were both so fully my hometown, 2,500 people, like if you were to drop a pin in the middle of Minnesota, like just right in the middle. Um, so I was like 75 minutes north of, of Minneapolis, um, could get to Duluth in a couple hours. Um, so I guess going back to how I got into it. So with that small town, my parents were both coaches. So, uh, my mom was the head cross country coach. My dad was the head football coach and track coach when I was born. Um, eventually, he kind of moved out of those, um, still kept coaching basketball. Um, but my mom was the cross country coach. And so my parents got divorced when I was in first grade, towards the end of first grade. And then so that next fall, I'm in second grade and it was either go to daycare or go to cross country practice. And I was like, I was a pretty like active kid, a little bit of like super competitive. Um and I was like, I'm not going to daycare, that sounds lame. So <laughs> I would like I'd go to cross country practice and try to beat up on the junior high kids. Um, like there was a kind of the first day of school almost I did a like a time trial, it was like a loop around some fields, um, essentially like 80 meter loops a mile kind of time trial to see where everyone's at. And as a second grader, I went out and, you know, beat all the seventh and eighth graders. And I'm like, All right, like we're we're good at this. Like I just took off sprinting, you know, like like full stick, like going to see what I could do and just no one caught me um so from then on out, i'm like cool we're we're pretty good at this so that's kind of how how i got my start was you know second grade uh, truthfully there were some days i'd be like that sounds lame i don't want to go run i'm gonna go nap you know go to daycare for a couple hours but um most of the time it was was we'll go try to throw down against the the junior high kids even jv kids do you
0: think that ambition and like rawness about you Do you think that came from the sport of running, or do you think it came before that and was kind of intrinsic? And then you developed into the athlete you are through running.
1: I think it was definitely intrinsic from the gun. I mean, I was a super, super active kid, like in even like from as young as I remember. I mean, had a you know a basketball hoop like in the driveway. Like my dad, I was a kid too. Like, he could just like my dad was a division two football player, actually had to stay with the Vikings training camp right after. Great athlete, but I remember there were just times where we'd be in the backyard. And you just like throw it to the left side, I go run and get it, throw it back, run the other side, I go back and forth just catching a football. Um, so it was definitely like just growing up was I was into sports, hyper competitive, wanted to be good. Um, you know, even in like as long as I can remember, like, you know, that you let you up for recess. Now I want to be the first one to the play set, you know, like full stick, go get it. Um, and all of that stuff. I was definitely a kid with I had an attitude for sure. Like I definitely thought I was was hot stuff, you know, even in like <laughs> it was like elementary school, kindergarten. I just like thought I was like that kid. So, so that being said, it was like, um, just I always wanted to like push myself and be the best that I could at whatever I was doing. Um, and, you know, going back to even like the basketball football, like I, I did play basketball through 10th grade. Um, Cause I, I loved it. Love that aspect. I'll be able to talk trash too. You can't really talk a ton of trash and running. Um, whereas in basketball, you got several breaks and you can, you, know, you can, I would say, you know, got someone's ribs on occasion or, um, just the, the small chippy stuff I loved. Um, and for me, it was just being able to be hyper, hyper competitive. I'm at the highest level. So I knew that was going to be running. Um, so, you know, when I went in, in, you know, 11th and 12th grade in high school, but, um, definitely it was just something from a very, very, very young age that I just wanted to be as competitive as possible. Um, and do like push myself like athletically. Um, and my dad definitely did a great job at like you know, fostering that. Um, you know, there are times where two, I'd be like, I want to go run uh let's just say like six laps around the track. And I'd like get done with four or five. And I'd be, he'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm done. He's like, no, you're not. You, you said you're doing six. So we do that. So it was like, you know, always that, you know, someone behind me to like, it was never forced, but he's like, that thought you said you're doing six, man. Like you trying to be that guy. You got to do it. So, you know, there's a lot of like massive, massive motivator, um, from my dad in that respect. Um, and just his background as well. I mean, being a, you know, small stint with the Vikings, D2 All-American in football, like he just had that like hyper hiker competitive and that like quiet confidence about him that like you couldn't necessarily tell on the surface, but you get him talking about his days. It's like, all right, this dude was, this dude could ball. Like he was a dog. So you just kind of like, you get that kind of personality from him in a way.
0: Your mom as a coach, were you ever uh, privileged to be coached by
1: her? And if so, what was that dynamic like? It was interesting. So like, was definitely like super, super fortunate. Cause like how many kids like get to say that you were coached by your parents. So um it was very like, it was unique. And I definitely like got, I don't say privileged, but I was able to like really balance a lot of things off of her. So like it was from a, you know, a small program where, you know, if someone made it to the state meet, it was a massive, massive deal. Like before I was, you know, in before I first made the state meet as a ninth grader, um, don't quote me, I think she'd only had, three or four people make the state meet in, you know, 15, 20 years. So it's like, it's a, you know, it was a pretty big deal. And with me, like, obviously being pretty good at it, truthfully, like it was like, okay, like let's just help his growth, his development, like kind of bounce ideas off each other. Cause even in middle school, like all the way back to like, you know, fifth, sixth grade, like I'm always like trying to figure out like, who are the like coolest guys in running to follow. So, you know, I grew up on like, you know, Galen Rupp and his days at, at Oregon, like Josh McDougal, um, watching all of that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. You know, like the OG, like Josh Cox, Ryan Hall, Met videos in Mammoth Lakes. So, like, I remember seeing those as early as, you know, middle school, like sixth, fifth, seventh, eighth grade, watching those. Um, you know, I also grew up in, like, watching, like, Hassan Mead and, like, Blankenship, those guys with the gulfs. um So, really just, like, formulating – you know, seeing like, I guess going back to like workout videos, um, like what, what is Galen ripping on the track, you know? Um, and just being like, you know, mom, what do you think about like doing this type of work? And like, I think it'd be beneficial. Um, and so it was a lot of just like talk shop all the time. Like, what do we think can help you like be as good of runner as you can, but how also, how can she like continue to like critique her coaching, like learn as a coach. So it was a lot of like pretty fortunate we're just a lot of like give and take and asking like, you know, what do you want to do today? What do you think sounds good for a run? And then like, let's also tweak it for everyone else. Cause I think they could benefit from it as well. So I mean, a lot of runs were like, it's a, it's a farming town. So it's like, there's farm, like farm roads. And when I say farm roads, like none of them are paid or none of them are gravel. That would've been great. They're all just paved like a mile out, mile left, mile back. You know, like that's a three mile loop essentially or roughly. Um, so I'd be like, well, you know, let's, everyone wants to do like, it's a, it's a loop called um, like Rose run. It's like a six mile run. So let's say like, you know, the whole team will do a Rose run um, and Charlie will do super scenic or scenic plus Rose run, which is like an added on loop and then have them like, all like be chasing them. So it's like, you know, if we're going to do like a pickup at the end, it's like, cool. As soon as you start seeing them, like start ramping it up and go <laughs> do like an up tempo portion. So it's like, how can we also, and their goal would be like, don't let Charlie catch you so just like fun fun stuff like that um you know we always we love getting on the track um and just doing workouts like i love just ripping 400s that was kind of a classic like she'd throw in the classic like ladder cutdowns to her build-ups like two four six eight k12 k8 six four, two, you know like just like fun stuff like that's enjoyable um which are still like pretty honest workouts for a high school kid real stuff that we thought that were just gonna hopefully make me a better runner and athlete so um it was it was cool because it was just a lot of like us learning together um, and doing what we thought would be exciting for like us in the program that we're you know hopefully trying to build.
0: Was it hard to turn off or on the mom coach switch? And how did you two kind of distinguish, distinguish both and and deal with the the natural nature that sometimes you need a coach, sometimes you need a mom, and the balancing act between the two?
1: Yeah, so that's where it's like it was always, she was always mom. And, you know, whether that was just the age that I was at, you know, like starting in seventh grade, um, she was still, she was coach, but she was like, you know, mom, like first and foremost, you know? Um, and for me as like, as a runner, it's like, you don't want to disappoint your parents. So, um, you show up every day and like, and do the best that you can, you know, at practice, um, check the boxes and move on to the next day. So, um, with that, like you know, you don't want to let your family down. Ball students, like, oh, my mom is also my coach, so it's like you have this, not necessarily like double standard. That's not the right term. but It was just like, cool. You never want to like appear, um, just because the mom's your coach. You never want to like look like you have play favorites. I mean, there were times too where I was the I was the kid that was like called up for something. You know, even though everyone else is doing it, she'd call me out because it's like the easiest person to pick on. She knows like hopefully I'll respond well. Um, but there are times I'm like mom you know what the heck you know but she's like you know i gotta make an example of you for doing something wrong you know because you're my son Um, but it was definitely unique like like i said mom first um, when it came to like getting ready to run and even my dad even though it wasn't a cross coach he was still just like that driving force behind a lot of like yo like go go handle business like here's what you got to do like execute all this and that so it was a definitely an interesting dynamic but you know ultimately it it was really mom first and then you know as a coach it's like how can we you know help develop you in a better run and also like use the fact that you are my son to like you know show everyone else to like you know what we're trying to build hopefully that makes sense no
0: totally um yeah it makes sense does she ever call you up on your you know phone calls conversations catching up do you guys ever nerd out on your current training does she, is she interested in it or are those days behind her
1: a little behind her um but you no know, she's obviously really interested you know like she you know, I was like, you know, what's up after, you know, next after this, after this. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm thinking I'm going to run, you know, 140, 145 miles. She's like, what? You know, cause she's still, she's no longer the cross country coach. She's probably close to retirement soon. Um, so she's just kind of chilling in, in Foley and she, they have a place down in Florida. So she goes down there a lot. Um, so she just still likes to like talk shop, pick my brain. Cause I mean, I'm like very fortunate for where I'm at. You know, I've had, you know, Plaz, coach from Sunset, Minnesota, you know, Kevin Hansen um you know had cory leslie for a while out here you know richie um hanson at Roots. so like i have gained just a ton of experience and knowledge and i've learned a ton from all those guys so it's like i've essentially just built up a fair amount of like training knowledge like you know to an extent like training wealth from all these great coaches um even you know right now if i have a question des is my first text you know or then plaz my college coach um you know plaz two-time Olympian himself so she's always interested to hear like what I'm thinking in terms of training. And then she, the last thing she asked is like, Oh, who told you that? And I'll be like, Oh, I, you know, I pulled it from, from Kevin at, at Hanson's or I pulled it from, you know, Des or plaz. So she's always interested in like just different training philosophies. Cause what we had was just like, everyone would probably see like my high school training and it's like in high school, it's the biggest thing. is like, just don't keep everyone healthy, especially if they're talented. Like just give them decent enough workouts to like get them fitter. And like, regardless, if it's high school, you race a lot. You're going to race into shape anyways. So, like it was just a mixed bag of a lot of things in high school, um, whereas you know you get to like the causal pro level it's a lot of you know just general aerobic work, throwing some speed, you know throwing tempos and all that um, a little more methodical, whereas us was like, we're just throwing stuff at it, like what sounds like what sounds fun today um so definitely just the training like periodization she's been super super keen on, um especially since even college, so and just like, oh why why is th- you know why are you doing this you know, and mostly it'd be like Oh, because Plaz said so. But, like, but you know, really there's a lot of reason behind it, you know? Sure, sure. Take me
0: through your years at Minnesota and how you kind of think those formed you as the current person and athlete you are today.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, for like, first and foremost, man, like it, Plaz is one of my best friends. Like, I talk to Plaz every couple of days. Um, would not, would not be here without him. So, you know, had a just, well, like looking at it now, it's like had a pretty good career based off of you know what I'd done in high school. I was a two-time state champion in the third two hundred junior senior year, um, you know, like four fifteen, nine fifteen. Like for a small town Minnesota, was pretty dang good. Um, you know, looked at mostly around the Midwest. You know, had a couple couple options elsewhere, but you know, it's like Minnesota, Iowa State, um, Notre Dame. I was Wisco, being over there. Um, but just wanted to stay home because of the the tra- you know the tradition of Minnesota built with you know, Plaz, Hassan, Blankerchip, Chris Rombo. Um, and they had just dominated the big 10 in track and field for a long time. So like coming in, looking at like college, it was just like, you know, what kind of program does Plaz have? And it's just gonna be a lot of like kind of aerobic base building in the summer, um, and then gradually integrate more intense work, more strength work, more Hills, um, then just get ready to compete at really big tens regionals and get you to the national meet. So it was, I'm not a patient person whatsoever. And I just remember, you know, sitting in the plaza office freshman year. And he's just like, and and he knew like what got me to tick too, you know, going back to like, even early, like as a kid, hyper competitive, like go, go, go. Um, you know, definitely stubborn. Um, and at that point too, like being a small town kid had won almost every race I competed in, like pretty arrogant, confident. Um, you know, I just remember being in his office telling him I want to do, you know, X, Y, Z. And he's like, well, and, and I know like he, he meant this just all in good. He's like, yeah, maybe by your, you know, middle years, like probably not this year, probably not next year, your second year, third year, maybe, maybe you'll be scoring for us. I'm just like, bro, no, no. Like you, you don't understand. Um, So, but like with that being said, it was all kind of his, his plan just to like bring me on gradually. And obviously too, I, this was not his fault. This was me being immature and um, a freshman having access to, to cheap beer for the first time where, you know, I got a stress fracture, like, late September, of my freshman year, um, was going red redshirt anyways, but like, it's just, you know, everyone's like, how, how do you think that happened over training? Like, no, nah, I just like, wasn't sleeping. Like, <laughs> like on the weekends, it's just like, cause I was pretty controlled. Like I didn't, didn't drink in high school. I drank like the night after the state meet my senior year, like went out and stuff and like did that and like enjoyed it. But, um, I remember Plaza called me after my freshman year and he had heard that I had, um, had like been all partying and stuff or like would go out and he's like, he just called me and he just goes, well, Lawrence, you're not talented enough to do that. And they and just hung up the phone, like just savagely, <laughs> hung it up. So, so that stuck with me. And it was like, I always worked very, very, very hard. It was hyper competitive, but it's like, oh man, like I, like how good do I want to be? Like, that's your coach just told you, you know, like, and it was true, you know, like there's talent there, but it's also too, it's like to be the best in the big 10, to be on the national level, like you got to work hard, man. Um, that's something I never shied away from, but it was like, you can also be partying and like losing sleep, like you're at a D one university. Like you're also there to go to school, like take your degree seriously. So like, go, go take care of business. So going back to to that, it was just like a very, very, from that moment, like that was right for my freshman year from that moment. It was just like, okay, like, yeah, we'll have fun. Like the Greek party, big 10 party, all that. But it's like, that's select times, you know, like you don't, you don't need to go out every weekend, like lock in, get the job done, have a great summer training and let's go. So, you know, from that point on like second year, like was consistent score, even as a second year, you know, um, and it's all just like flocking in and doing exactly what I was told, you know? And it's just like, we, we butted heads on certain occasions. Like Plaza and I were both hyper-competitive, both hotheads. So there were a couple times we're at each other's throats and stuff, but, um, it was all just out of like love and respect. So, you know, we, we get at each other day later, you know, we're, we're in each other, you know, I'm in his office, we're talking about it, like apologizing. So, um, but he knew just how to like, like what got me fired up and what got me motivated. So, um, he did a great job of just like preaching, like you know, we can get you to close to the top of the big 10. Like we can get you to, to national meet. So, and we did that, you know, it was just like locking and cheering with the boys, like cheering with my best friends. Um, and just year over year, gra- gradually add more work on top of it, more aerobic work, um, stack that base. And he'd always just told me, especially after my second year cross country where it was like, okay, like maybe we'll, maybe we'll be scoring, but it's like off the gate, like our first meet of the year, I was our second man, like as a, I guess red shirt freshman. He's like, oh, all right, well, Lawrence is here, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just keep stacking, um, build that aerobic base. And that's the one that I was responding well to was just long runs um, and the aerobic base that we built in the summer. So, and he always said for, like, from the second or third year on, he was like, yeah, well, like you're going to make a great guy on the road because of how competitive I was in cross country. And like track credentials were pretty terrible. I mean, like 14, you know, like low, um, you know, just not, not great. So, but cross country was, you know, all big 10 all region a couple of times. So like, you're, you're competing with the best in the big 10 there. You know, you're looking at like guys like Morgan, Ollie, um, you know, that crew. So if you're, you're trying to throw haymakers with them, you're, you're in good company. Um Obviously never like when it came down to actually like race, like Morgan just wasted all of us, you know, cause it's Morgan. Um But yeah, it was just that, that steady, steady progression. And then really um the aerobic base foundation that he had built behind it. Um, and just, like I said, just check in the box, move on the next day, check in the box and listen to, to what he said and just trusting him, you know, like he's, he's still the one person that, you know, I really, him and Dez are two people. I, I truly trust the most in, in the sport. So
0: most people in your shoes, hang up the, the spikes, the shoes, when they graduate college, they maybe stay in touch with the sport just because it's been a big part of their life. You know, a few rounds a week, kind of maybe a road race here and there. What was the decision for you to continue going and to continue exploring your limits within the sport?
1: Yeah, so with with Plaz and just what he'd always said, he's like, "Yeah, man, you're going to be great on the roads." And like what great meant was just you know, a you know, define great. I wasn't sure what that what that really meant, you know. It's like, "Okay, cool." Like at that point, the OTQ was 219. Um I was like, "You know, maybe I could run that, but I was like, maybe that's like a good goal to have. Like maybe I'll just go like OTQ, train hard for the next 6 months and then like qualify for the trials and be done. Like that sounds great. Let's go go get a real job do all this so um my right from my fifth year um finished up and didn't make the regional meet so um pretty fortunate in minnesota there's grandma's marathon like the middle middle of june so i finished up mid-may it's like well maybe we'll just like train through um keep training and go run gary broken half half debut had some older teammates had done it like after their fifth year um it's like you know they had run Sixty-eight, seventy minutes, which is like at the time, like oh was pretty good for, um, for Christian and, and the boys. So um, I was like, you know, let's let's just do that. Um, you know, so I sent an email, got into the the elite field. You know, they're like, we can get you, you know, one night hotel, you know, whatever, da, da, da. Um, and my dad actually played football up there, um, in Duluth. So it was just like, so we had connections. We had another place to stay if we didn't. The hotel didn't work out, you know, all that stuff. So, um. Yeah, I just went ahead and, you know, again, I was like, what's the goal? You know, da, 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 talking to like some friends that live up there. My best friend still lives in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, and I'm talking to his dad first. I'm like, I don't know, 65, 66 would be, would be awesome. You know, I think like five flats is like a good goal. Um, so I'd really like taken plazas training from like college and just like stacked upon that for that kind of month in between. Had some really big sessions. Um, did it to 11 mile tempo. I like 507 for it. Um, I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, that's not a race mode, all that. Like, we'll see what I can do. I think I run five flat for 13. So end up going out, ran 64, 14, um, in my half debut, which, you know, in 2018 is, is a lot faster then than it is now, but it's like, Oh, okay. Like maybe this is like actually something like I can do, like actually go chase this OTQ. Um, so right after that, I remember sitting down i plasma, like, yeah, what do you think about going for like, you know, like a qualifier, just out of been happy running 218 or yeah, two eighteen fifty nine, and being done, like essentially being done, like obviously I'm in trial squad, I do train hard from, you know, that time to the trials, as long as I got my OTQ, I'd be so satisfied, call it good. Um, and then go, I don't know, work essentially. So I was working a full-time job and ticket sales from Minnesota. Um, still finishing grad school. I had one more semester left that fall of 2018. Um, then I actually got up to 120 miles a week. So just kept, kept bouncing stuff off class was working for the, for the gophers and ticket sales. Um, was running every morning at 5 a.m. Warren was 4.45, out the door by 5, back by 6.30. You know, 6.45 the latest in the office by 7.30. You know, it's super, super quick, snappy. But it was like, again, the goal was just go go try to get this OTQ. And Plas had said, he's like, why don't you try CIM? I think it's a good race. And he did his marathon debut at CIM back in the day and actually won it. Um, obviously, I'm not, I'm not as talented as, as Plas. I'm like, that'd be kind of a cool idea. Like, go get it the same course that you did your debut. Um, so went ahead and... Um, you know, trained through, did that and was fortunate, just went super, super well and ran two, sixteen, ten in my debut um CIM twenty eighteen. So, um again, it's a huge credit to Plage just stacked upon really college through, you know, year one to year five. Um, and then just really, really trained pretty hard for, you know, June of twenty eighteen through, you know, CIM of, of twenty eighteen and, and it just worked worked almost to perfection, you know, like I, I couldn't have asked for really a, a better debut. Again, I, I went in, I'm sitting there like having dinner with some people the night before. They're like, what's going I'm like 21859 I don't care. That's like, that's all I want to run. It just like went so well and felt relatively easy the entire time. Um, so, and then obviously that opened some more doors shortly after. So. You
0: run the two sixteen OTQ take me through the transition from being serious about running, um, marathons, road running to potentially, dipping your toes in something longer where did that interest first come from
1: yeah so this is really this is where it kind of circles back to like plaz and then des also so like i'd always responded so well to just going out in minneapolis even like in college and even after college just going and like running like pre pre cim 2018 had you know a couple 21 ish couple 22 miles 125 miler like sub six out the gate running it the entire time judging at sea level but i just had this massive like aerobic base. And I responded very, very well to hard long runs, you know? So, um, you know, moved to Boulder after the 2020 trials was with Hanson's, um, kind of post CIM 2018, um, through the trials in 2020. Um, again, wouldn't be here without Kevin Hanson. Um, so, oh, oh, him a ton. But even then with those guys, it was like very hard long runs, You know, even though sometimes it was only as short as like 16 miles, you know, obviously in our marathon block, we got up to 22, but it's like those 16 miles are all at sub six. Like from the gun, we're running hard, like, and working it down. So I um, always love those, um, even here in Boulder. It's just like, it's my specialty, man, just hard, honest, long runs. So in 2021, um, you know, throughout my time at Hanson's in Michigan, I got to got to know Des a little bit. Um, we were never teammates at Hanson's, but just got connected when I joined. Uh, knew her husband, Ryan, a little bit, um, and was actually down in Arizona for a weekend. Um, she was down there doing her winter training camp, and um, actually crashed over at at her Airbnb that she had. And I'm like, yeah, so what's, you know, what's on tap? What's next? She's like, well, with COVID and stuff, I think, think I want to do, you know, go for the 50 K record. And I was just like, you know, right away, I'm like, you know, if I can help in any way, let me know, you know, what help meant. I would have loved, like in my head, I'm like, would love the pacer. But also too, it's like, you know, if she has someone else in mind, by all means, like you, it's your record, like you have who you want to like do it. So, um, it was fortunate where she's like, yeah, you know, actually let me have like, you know, eventually a couple of days later, she's like, yep, I think you're the guy for it. Like we'll coordinate everything with Josh Cox. So who's, who's her agent. Um, and you know, I work with Josh a little bit as well. So, um, really there, it was like, because of my background, um, with these long runs, just the adapting to like high volume. Well, um, it was always in the back of my head. So even after I said, like, I was going to pace Des, I really wanted to run the, um, 50k championships which were supposed to be um like that february of 2021 but they got pushed back because of covid to june of 21 and dez's race was or you know world record attempt was april so i'm like you know what this will be perfect if i you know can do it um i can go do it as a workout a long run um honestly just get some reps in pace dez learn from dez spent another whole weekend you know with her ryan josh um in Eugene leading up to to pacing her. So and just know the distance. So selfishly I was like, obviously I want to help her. Um, which up until this fifty mile it was without a doubt the highlight of my my athletic career, I think, was helping helping her do that. And again, she did it all. I was just there to keep her company. Um and just, you know, kind of get the distance under my leg. So really like early twenty one was then I'm like, I really think I want to go after this. And obviously it's worked into, you know, pacing Des and then um you know ran the fifty K champs. That June, and I, I blew up. I treated it like a marathon. Didn't respect the distance. Um, didn't necessarily respect the field. Um, went for the win way too early on, and just blew up, started bonking. You know, like literally it was 22 miles in. I'm I have no juice. I'm running seven like seven minute pace, seven thirty pace, just trying to like crawl to the line, and got you know rolled up by four or five people. You know, <laughs> over it. So, um, but yeah, really, really to answer your question, circling back, was yeah, kind of 2021. 20, that start of the year, kind of the the later half of 2020 post-marathon project. I'm like, I think I could be really good at this. Um, just have to, obviously I have to have the right opportunity with COVID, you know, nothing. There weren't many opportunities. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of in my head then. So in your head, when was
0: the first time you had the thought I could probably go after the 50 mile record?
1: Yep. Uh, so that would have been the fall of 2021 then. So had, had Pace Des blew up at the 50k champs then ran twin cities marathon that fall of 21 got second um just because like that was an opportunity to go home um try to win you know i guess my would be my home state marathon hometown marathon um fell short got second um wasn't fun but also i was like i was like you know what like this is would be a great time just like because still like some races were popping up some races like still weren't on the calendar it's like you know what maybe it's a great time just like dive into it you know like see what you can do at this at this distance um and at, at that point, too, I told – I was having dinner with a buddy, Fernando Cabada, who still trains out here. I've known him for a long time. He won the 20th Marathon in 2008, I believe. Um, and I like, convinced my mom last minute to drive me down. Um, it was also the U.S. Marathon Championships that year. Watched him run um, and win it. Um, so it's always like – that's a vivid like, running memory from for me in like, seventh, eighth grade, watching him win the US, uh, U.S. Marathon Championships. So I'm um, having dinner with him that fall, really about a year ago. Or sorry, two years ago, um, November. I was like, dude, like I think I want to go for one. I wanted like at this point too. I'll backtrack. He was running ultra marathons. He just run like JFK. Um, he had signed with Hoka to do ultra marathons. Um, so wanted to be competitive at the marathon, but he saw like, you know, a chance to really be like very good at at the ultra distance. So it was dinner with him, picking his brain. And I just remember off the cuff being like, Yeah, dude, I think I could break the the fifty mile American record. And he's just like. I will not say he was taken back by it, um, but he was just like, huh, all right. Um, you know, if you do it, you should go, to, go do it at Tunnel Hill, which is where I ended up doing it. He's the first one that planted that idea in my head. But really, that fall, um, that was the goal. And really, the, the plan that winter fall was post-Twin Cities Marathon 21, was the U.S. 50K champs were slated to be again, um, like, late February of 2022. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I'll run the Houston half use that as a workout. Um, then just go, you know, five, six weeks later, go like get my redemption at the 50k champs. Um, and yeah, I know I'm kind of probably getting into, into storytelling here, but ended up cracking my sacrum the week after, um, the Houston half, like kept running on it, ran 25 miles on it in Boulder. Like obviously felt it from the first day, just like stubborn was like, nah, I got 50k champs. Like might be like my glute, um, ended up, like I said, literally cracked it in half. Like the MRI is like a straight crack through it. Like I couldn't I couldn't walk, like get out of bed. I couldn't roll over in bed. I had to like I could have used a cane, truthfully, So I, I had to like put weight down on tables and stuff and chairs to get around my apartment. Um, and all that. But um again, circling back, it was it was the fall of fall of twenty one where I was like, I think I really want to dive in at this ultra distance. Um, and one thing I think it's attainable is the fifty mile, you know, American record, world record. But also in route wanted to go for this, the fifty K. Um, U.S. title because, you know, I still don't have a, a U.S. championship at a at any road distance. And obviously it's, you know, 216 marathon's good, but it's not going you know, to win you any, any U.S. You know, it's not going to win you a U.S. title. And, you know, that's I'm better beyond that. So, I'm like, you know, maybe 50K will be, be the sweet spot um, to go chase a, a U.S. title. And obviously it didn't work out because I grade forward my sacrum, you know. Um, but, yeah, so definitely it's been really two years, that fall of 21.
0: How long was the training block leading into this race? And can you kind of take me through what the training looked like to put yourself in the position where you could run 546 pace for 50 miles, which I never thought those words would come out of my mouth.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess too, it's it's just, I have a, from just the years, like college, um, time with Hanson's, you know, to moving out here. Like I just always had this absurd, um, almost maybe like unearned confidence in myself at like six minute pace and long runs, you know, obviously here being at altitude, um, had just always been ready to, to go like my favorite day of the week was, was this, the Sunday long run. Um, so really, so this block was really kind of like mid June, um, building up to this race. So, and it was kind of keep everything the same, um, just keep stacking, um, was really with the mentality. So I'd gotten to 140 miles pre-trials with Hanson's. Um, I responded well to it. Um, I was obviously very, very, very tired from it, but I knew like the base that I built and the, the legs that I was able to, to get from that mileage, um, would definitely, you know, pay off in the long run. So, um, ended up leaving roots running, um, in, like uh, I guess late July, um, and then really kind of just went, went all in on it. So here's where it gets kind of unique is where being injured off 22, like I raced the Houston half in 22, then my next race was the Austin half marathon in february of 23 so i had a 13 month like hiatus from racing so it's like that's when the trials window opened so i don't have my otq yet either so and my pr's from you know 2018 so i'm not like i would have to fight to get into a chicago and new york um any big race like that and like you know james mccurdy shout out to him um and his partner heather like they set up mccurdy micro so i was like well i need to i need to get my otq still because it's just kind of a you know something that as a you know, if i'm gonna call myself a, an elite marathoner you better have your otq man so um so i was like this will work out well and i think i can like get a plan put together to like utilize the marathon to go get like a decent time at least like at a minimum an otq then use that as a as a workout glorified workout for the 50 miler exactly four weeks later so, so that's just starting you know late july kind of mid-july um just increase in volume, increase in intensity, increase in like reps and also just like decrease in rest. So, um, you know, for me, I just pulled a lot from like what worked even with like with Hanson's, um, just kind of their cumulative fatigue where it's like a minimum of 14 miles in the morning. So that's just one thing that I stuck to and, you know, with doubling every single day, um, you know, whereas some workouts with, you know, prior workouts would be, you know, five, four to five by two mile, I was doing seven or eight by two mile reps, you know, with, with half mile jog um just and also hitting the same splits or trying to hit faster um you know went from some workouts like six by a mile um up to 12 by a mile you know so just like really intense um but i guess not, not necessarily intense but like similar paces but like less recovery as well like going from three minutes standing rest which what i was doing previously to 90 second jog you know um also like for me to be good at the marathon i also felt that i had to do some VO2 works I was doing. You know, this is a, a credit to, to Dathan. You know, it's like 8 by 800 to 300, you know, 800 at like 5K, 100 meter jog, 300, essentially full stick. um Just VO2 workouts like that, you know, still keeping like that power in, I feel like really makes marathon pace and hopefully marathon pace makes 50 mile world record pace feel easy. So that was really my philosophy going in. um Just jack it up. um You know, the month of wasn't exactly August, but it was essentially, you know, like early august through early september um up until the u.s uh 20k champs i was running you had four weeks of you know anywhere between 140 145 peaked at 145 so um you know i was running twice a day um even the long run shaking it out the only one day i would take it off was monday afternoons um, because that's when i'd go see my massage therapist marcus and it was just like to recover because i probably had a big weekend um and also to just keep Keep stacking those long runs. You know, go run very, very, very hard. You know, I had a 24 mile at 5:30 pace. Um, had a 20 miler at like 5:25 pace. Uh, a couple 25 milers all at like 5:50 pace. So just keep that aerobic work. And also after I shook out, you know, like or did after I would do those 25 miles, I go do a five mile shakeout in the afternoon. So just like getting used to running on tired legs and fatiguing legs. And for me mentally, it was just like, you know, I feel so good, like very, very, very comfortable at these long run paces: 5:30, 540 5:50. And I'm like I feel like if I was pressing and need to at sea level, I could do it like a lot, lot longer. And obviously, it's like we so still have to run a fast marathon, but also like we're, we're not tapering a ton because it's literally just a glorified workout. So it was like a marathon workout mixed with just kind of bonus mileage and a little like extra reps of of ses- of just classic sessions. You know, like whether it's you know with roots or whatever, it'd be you know ten by a k, I was doing fifteen by a k, and then plus some two hundreds after just keep the legs spinning, um, just really keep. Try to hit all, um, kind of all, all parts of the engine um, just to keep, keep fluid. And for me, it was like also just keep, how can I make 50 mile pace and marathon pace feel easy? And that's by, you know, quicker stuff, but also still hitting the the long runs on a on a weekly basis.
0: Take me through what a peak week or like one of those peak weeks looked like Monday through Sunday, what you did each day. Just break it down for the listener. I'm fascinated with your training. It's so interesting. So take me through day by day for a week.
1: Yeah, so I'll kind of take you through actually a, a two-week segment. So I've, like, I've trained under the seven-day seven cycle, like a Tuesday, Friday, Sunday long run. Then also like, that was pretty common with, with Richie and Roots was we'd go Wednesday and like a Saturday marathon-specific workout. So like, I took that where it's like some weeks I'm good off of one day's rest. Some days when it's like really hard, you want two days rest. So, I'd, so let's, like, let's start like on a Monday. It'd be an easy 14 to 15 miles, my massage um, that afternoon um so if it's if it's a seven day cycle week then it'd be a tuesday session so and also in the morning be strides um i'd you know somewhere at the end of the run i usually do three to four 200 meters um at honestly mile type effort to get the leg spinning if i'm running like 30 31 um i know I, like everything's fine i'm going to go for the workout so that'd be that'd be your monday like regardless um tuesday i'd hit some sort of like tempo session so um whether it's gonna be you know, I'll just kind of take, take you back where, um, five by three miles, you know, at, at around marathon pace and here, here, it kind of varies, you know, at 5,500 feet. Um, so that'd be, oh, also I'll back up. I would lift on Monday as well, get stuff firing post run to get ready for the workout. So that's one thing I always do. I had to lift the day before workouts. Cause I feel like if I work my glutes and don't like lift too heavy, like I have a lot of pop the next day, I feel like everything's firing. Um, so I do that. So Tuesday, let's say it's, some sort of tempo work, probably around 15 miles worth of it. Get to be at least a 20 mile morning um, of tempo work, long type of work. Um, there about shake out four to five miles in the afternoon, get anywhere from 23 to 26 miles that day. Um, so Wednesday would be uh, kind of medium long. I'd go another like, you know, 14, 15, 16, shake out to 20. um, And then Thursday, it would be in the morning, would just be another easy, like 14-ish. In the afternoon, I'd jog from my place to Centennial Middle School, um, which is like a mile and a half there, do some strides, jog back, whatever it'd be, four or five miles, you know, get 18 to 20. Um, And then Friday, I'd go to the track. So it'd be, you know, what sounds fun, whether it's like threshold Ks and the fast twos, um, you know, the 800 300. um, I loved just like, there's like someday, like my classic, my favorite would be like 20 by 400. You know, just like off of 400 jogging. I know it's not a lot of volume, but it's quick. It's intense. If, you're, if I'm running 66, 67, like I know I'm pretty fit. Um, that, shake out in the afternoon. So if, even know if it's a shorter session they it'd still be 16 to 20 miles. Um, Saturday, it would be just a very, very chill day. Um, I guess chill, 14, 15 miles. Just time on feet, run easy, like 720, 730 pace. I run pretty slow on easy days. Um, and then that following, that Sunday, to wrap up the seven days would be minimum of 20 miles um where i just like show up to let's say tom watson here in boulder um do drills do, i don't run before just start drills do a couple of just strides put on super shoes go go run like don't come back till or maybe i'll set up a table on a loop i do that a lot um there's a three mile loop just the monarch loop um we'll set up a table there practice fluids um you know drop them at the same point and just go pick them up after so that'd be 22 to 25 miles at easily sub six pace. Um, or if I was like linking up with my buddy, Luis Orta, like, you know, we do 25 miles together. He'd be that bottle set up as well. Um, so that's typically like a seven day cycle, but then the next week, so I'd be pretty gassed from that Sunday workout. I want two days recovery. So then I go, you know, Monday morning. Um, and also too, I guess backing up. I'd also lift Thursday of the previous week to get ready for Friday session. Um, also I do core every day. I just do a minimum of five minutes, whatever it is, like whatever I'm feeling. I have a couple core courses from plaz. I still do, um, just to keep, just to touch on that every day. You know, it's at a minimum, like I know I've checked that box. Um, no, I just kind of have no excuses for, for doing because Five minutes goes by pretty quick. Um, or some days where I'm just lazy, I'll just do planks for five minutes, you know, like <laughs> done. <laughs> um, so then that next, so post long run circling back, um, it would be, you know, that Monday, same thing, um. I wouldn't do strides that day or I wouldn't lift because I'm also just tired from that Sunday, but I'd like go do 14, 15 miles in the morning, massage with Marcus in the afternoon. That Tuesday then would be a double day. So like run in the morning, 14 ish, 15 lift, um, go about my day, shake out to the centennial 200 strides, you know, three to four of them, 30, you know, sometimes it even started like 32, 33. And by the end at, you know, I'm running 29, 30. So it's nothing crazy. Just off 200 jog. Um, then that next Wednesday would be typically just like a big like, whether it's like mile repeats, um, or some sort of threshold work. I did a couple fartlicks, um, uh, but not necessarily tons. So like at least an hour of fart licking, so at least eleven or twelve miles of fartlicks if I did a fart otherwise it'd be you know going running 15 by K or something, you know, off of you know a minute jog, um or something like that. Then a couple more more easy days. Uh, well, easy Thursday, double again, 14 and 4, 14 and 6 ish. Um Friday easy morning lift um, shake out with strides. And then Saturday I do like my marathon specific workout where it'd be like, I go do a um, you know, typical three mile warm-up, drills, strides change shoes. And then I get into like another big block, whether it's like you know, one of my favorites is like a five mile tempo mile float, two mile push um, mile float, then five miles again back at like marathon pace. Um, so that's, you're getting into 20, Two ish mile morning on Saturday, shake it out to go get, you know, 28 miles on the day. Um, you know, there, there was one day where I just went like six, three, six. So it ended up being overall with the one cool down, did a long, longer cool down, it ended up being a 28 mile morning. then I shook out seven the next that afternoon to get 35 Jeez. just because I just because <laughs> I knew like that was the goal. I needed that miles in an easy Sunday of, um, you know 14 and 4 or something just to to shake out again. So like I said it's kind of a 7 day cycle to you know just two workouts in next week to get two days rest cuz it's going to be two massive sessions where there might not be as big of sessions during the Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. So and then I just and it just repeat it. You know then I'm back into this out cuz I had a Saturday workout then I go Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday and just repeat. So and I just found like I responded well, recovered well enough um obviously you put yourself in a hole, you get pretty damn tired. But like at the same time it's you know, I know I can work out get a really good workout in um you know for two days rest in that middle of week's it's gonna be pretty big sessions.
0: How do you recover and build that like I don't know, I'm so curious. I feel like there's so many so few people who run that amount of mileage. Like for you was there a progression over the years to get to that point or was there a specific year where you made a huge jump and then within these weeks, what are some things you're doing to recover and are you feeling like trash within the runs and you're just kind of like surviving or do you get to the point where it's comfortable and you can kind of just check the boxes every day?
1: Yeah, I think it's still like, I, you know, I keep going back to college and just developing over the summer and just like that aerobic base. Like I remember telling myself going to my third year, um, which is arguably like one of my best years in cross country. Like I was just all region. I wasn't all big 10, but it was, was my first all region honors a third year um, that summer. I did like 90 miles in singles. I was like, I'm just gonna get so aerobically strong. I'm just gonna do singles. Um, so definitely like from that, um, you know, we just kept stacking the summer after summer, um, responsible well to that in college. And obviously with Hanson's, you know, high mileage, um, their cumulative fatigue philosophy, there's something to it where it's like, it's, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's like, you get so used to running on tired legs that like, all you really need is a couple of easy days and like, you're, you're fired and you're ready to go. And to an extent it works. And I love it. So I definitely take that from the Hansons, um, put it into my training. Um, so really like 140 pre-trials, I was dead to the world. I just wasn't quite used to it yet. Um, but I was responding well to it and having good workouts and they do nine day cycles. So it's like, you know, work out two easy days, workout two you know, two easy days, workout two easy days. We're, long run easy days and repeats you know every nine days so um definitely took it from that um so it, def- it definitely took a lot of building up you know really from me being a probably 20 year old all the way to being you know 28 to be fully adapted now to it um, but i just knew from the past being a 24 year old and doing a pre-trials or 23 year old um said so i thought I could build a ton of fitness from it and just that's kind of my philosophy. too, is like you run high mileage to be able to like do high work, like really high level workouts, long workouts. And that's when you get the most fitness from, or like those monster sessions to have a monster race. That's kind of my, my philosophy. but still also, like I said, keeping the, the intensity and also all backup too. And I would do like the 15 by K on a Wednesday. I'd also do like eight, two hundreds at the end too, just to like work on finishing strong and like keeping that speed in there and try to run 30 seconds, 29, um, so it was definitely years upon years, um, stacking it, but it's, you know, it's not easy, definitely fatigued. Um, and the reason I like doing that, like, you know, after the seven days, um, the Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, going to the Wednesday, um, Wednesday, Saturday is just like, I almost need those like couple of recovery days because truthfully, like those easy days that you asked about, like, I don't feel good. Like, I'm just like, I'm super fatigued. Legs are flat. Um, so like, and I get excited for workouts. So I'm always looking forward to those. And I look for like, I love the process. I love getting out the door every day um, and training and running. That's favorite, favorite time of the day without a doubt. But it's just some days you're just like, I am so damn tired from yesterday. Um, So really just like easy days, easy. And like, for me, when it comes to like recovery, I am this, like, I eat the same thing essentially every single day, especially when I'm doubling um, at the peak of it. The only thing that changes is my dinner. Um, cause I just like know what my body wants, kind of what it craves and what I train well off of. So, you know, I'm that person too, where it's even before, you know, I ran, ran 11 miles this morning. Um, you know, even before it's like, I do the exact same activation routine. It's something that Dathan told me when I first joined. Hans He's like, you know, I just kind of roll out the door. Like when I was working full time, roll out the door, you know, wake up at 445, I'm out the door by five. Like, I don't have time to do anything. I'm throwing clothes on, going to the bathroom and busting it, you know? Um, here it's like, I'm fortunate. I have all the time in the world to, to do it. So I do. The same activation routine takes twenty minutes, even before my shakeouts, um, and I just feel ten times better after I do it. My body's just used to it. Um, I have the same meal before, same same massive smoothie after, um, and then really same same lunch because no hot sits in my stomach. And then a bigger dinner. Um, so for me, it's just like being super super routine, hyper routine, drives my girlfriend crazy sometimes. But it's like, but I know I respond well to it. I'm getting at least the adequate calories that I think I need. And that's one thing too. Like if I get hungry, I go snack. You know, I have an extra bread with some more nut butter and honey, um some granola, you know, just stuff I that I know sits well um between runs. Um and yeah, that that's probably it. And just like, you know, I do kind of like, you know, I'm looking at, you know, Norma Tech boots, you know, I got foam roller, my soul right, my yoga mat, my bench. Um I have more bands than you can like name. So <laughs> Um, and it's just, you know, making sure I'm sleeping too. I mean, I'm, I joke, but I'm also serious. Like, I'm super geriatric, like, dude, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I go to bed at eight if I can, like when I'm training heavy, it's like, I'm in bed at eight, probably asleep by eight ten, eight fifteen, Um, and then I'm up at when I work out, like workout days, I'm up at five twenty, five thirty, like getting bottles ready, like bacon, getting calories in, like carbon up. Like I have extra carbs during workout mornings, like BPNs, G1M, rip that, um, so for me, it's like, my body just gets used to that routine. Even though it's like the days I am tired post-workout, just like, I just know, like, I'm going to feel better. after do my activation, like run easy, like do my like post-workout activation, you know, get my core done. Um, yeah. Make sure I'm on the foam roller, do the mobility. Um, just being very, 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 very routine. Um, and again, it's monotonous. It's very, very boring. There's some mornings I just don't want to do it. Like, it's just like, God, like, can I just go run But I just like, I just know how I feel after it. So that's probably the the biggest thing when it comes to come to recovery and being able to, to take the mileage is just doing all that, the little things. And I know it's like everyone, you know, even in, in college, so at high school, your know, coach like, do your mobility, do this. It's like, it's, it's true, at least for me, like cause I just respond well and recover well off of it, so.
0: What's the shoe rotation like for 145 mile weeks? Curious about that. And two part question. Other thing I'm curious about, you were talking about fueling there. Like, there have been times in summer training where I feel like I cannot eat enough and I'm just hungry all the time. How do you manage to get enough calories down to the point where you're not underfueling yourself? And what's that balance like? I'm so curious.
1: Yeah. So, the, I mean, so I'll my first comment is like, that's definitely hard. Cause like, cause there's times where I'm just like, I'm like i don't feel like i can can eat anymore um but i like know i need more so and like i keep it very 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 simple like truthfully um you know for me it's like i guess we could go get get into like you know like getting carbs in like the you know carb mixes like pre-run stuff but for me it's just like i eat when i'm hungry um and i know like i have the same thing for like it's bread nut butter with honey um in the morning with my coffee um also like rip a ketone shot from hvmn um i think that also helps a lot too like just with recovery, being in the moment, being focused, um, helps a little bit with energy, uh, especially when you're just running easy. It's a, a kind of great tool to help. Like you feel like not like total S H I T when you're running. Um, so that's something that I do. And it's just like, like I'll have my post-workout smoothie, like make that in my blender. And there's sometimes where it's like, it just doesn't fulfill me. So then I'll go like, I'll have an extra piece of like bread, throw an egg on it. Um, that'll usually be enough Or if it's just, I'm feeling lazy, be another piece of bread with nut butter and honey, you know, just extra carbs, extra fat um, extra sugar post run. So that's really for me. And then same with, same with the lunch, I do the same thing. It's either tuna salad wrap, um, with an apple and then some electrolytes. Like if I'm still hungry, I'll just have an extra handful of granola or oatmeal. Um, for me, it's just like make sure I have enough carbs to like be able to keep running, you know? And then ultimately when it comes to dinner, it's like, hit the food groups, get my protein, get my carbs. Um, and get my veggie, you know, we're always baking, whether it's cauliflower, broccoli, green beans, whatever, always have that as a side. Um, be very, very, very like liberal with, with the rice in your carb, like that's over half my plate. And then, you know, just a high quality protein, whether it's, you know, like tonight I do, well, I'm marrying chicken breasts right now, you know, to have, I'm mean, going to have just basic, like Rosemary Dijon mustard chicken with rice and green beans, you know, it's just like very, very simple, but a lot of it, like I'll have a lot of rice tonight, you know, um, I'm not training, I'm building back up now, but just like, and then I'm always hungry before bed as well. So I won't hesitate to have, you know, more granola. Um, I also love having like a protein shake before bed, um, just like help that protein synthesis at night. Um, So that's definitely one thing that's like, I think I'm very efficient with the fuel I eat. Like I'm sure a nutritionist would be like, you need to eat more truthfully. Um, But for me, it's like, I think my body just kind of knows, like reacts well to what I use and uses it very effectively and efficiently. I'm obviously for workout days and I'm having nutrition every, three to five miles um having more like liquid carbs like prior to a workout um but for me it's just making sure i eat when i'm hungry like don't don't put it off and i think that's what kind of contributed to me being injured getting my sacral stress fracture too Is like i wasn't intentionally like, under fueling but it'd be the same thing where it's like it's 3 4 p.m and i'd be like damn i'm hungry like i want to like have dinner and i'd be like oh you could you can wait till dinner like you can eat that you know five five thirty whatever it's like dude just like just have Like have a snack, you know, you know, whatever it is, have a snack, then you're good to go till 536. You know, you're not like starving at five, whereas like, I just wait until five and then like be starving. And then, and so, um, I think that's one thing to really kind of take note of, um, at least for me too, mentally is just like, dude, eat when you're hungry. It means your body needs it. Um, so that's, that's definitely, I said, it's a fine balance. And again, I'm, I'm definitely, most people would be like, you still need to eat more. And I probably wouldn't disagree. But if I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat more. If I'm not hungry, I'm probably just gonna be done eating. And if my metabolism's fast enough, and I'm hungry again in a couple hours. Have another snack. Have a have a protein shake. Have a have an extra like BPN has these field bars, are little like candy, you know, but they're so good. They're you know protein, um, fats, carbs, right in it. Just kind of instant fuel, which is great. Um, they launched a product called the Go Bar, which is like a a wafer brown rice bar that's literally launching this week. Like I'm ecstatic. Had a couple last weekend at Tunnel Hill, and it was awesome. So like, that'd be another just easy, quick snack, you know, like 200 calories, just get that in. And so that's probably, I guess to answer the long answer to the question is just like, just making sure I have eat when I'm hungry in the simplest answer. I know I definitely expanded on it, but um, that's, that's how I do it. So, and there's some days where I'll, I'll finish like an easier run, like we'll say 12, 14, 15 miles. Um, I'll just have my smoothie and I'll, I'll feel full, you know, I'll just be like, all right, I think I'm good. Like, but if I get hungry now, it's like have another snack, you know, just don't, don't worry about it. Um there's some days I'm just not not hungry, whether it's the post workout, you know, like metabolism rolling, but um in the simplest answer, just eat <laughs> eat when I'm hungry.
0: From the shoe side of things, what are you wearing running 145 miles a week?
1: Heavy rotation. Um let's see. So I mean right now I got uh Keanos, got a pair of the rad R ones. I'm not sure you you live in Austin. Yeah, Clink. So so yeah, so there you go. Shout out Clink. Clink for the R ones. Um Cod Stratus, Cod Monster, or um, what I'm rotating right now. Um, yeah, a lot of trainers. Um, also, I have a pair of like Under Armour Flow. They're just, I think they're just the flows. They're just like a pair of like super, super lightweight trainers that I'll do my shakeouts in when I go to the track, and I'll just do my strides in those. Um, so, rotate a lot currently. Um, obviously, like, you know, workout days, it's warm up in one of those trainers um switch into whatever shoe i've been working out and like for a while i was working on the club of threes the majority of my workouts in those pre mccurdy um i had a pair of vaporflies pre mccurdy raced in those um made those my workout shoe then they raced tunnel hill and alpha flies so um did that but otherwise it's you know for a while i was wearing like meta speed sky plus from a6 i also love the edge plus because it was like a more aggressive plate and i have a shorter stride so it got a lot of like flick from the plate which is great um yeah, heavy, heavy shoe rotation for sure. I even tried, even tried the Adidas audios pro threes at one point. Um, I didn't like them. So I stopped using them. Um, that was just one, that was one like mediocre workout. It was eight by a mile, um, with some Hills. And I just like, I felt miserable. It was like one of the Wednesday it was wanted to go up to like 12, but I felt so bad. Um, I just cut it, did some Hills. Um, and I'm like, it's gotta be the shoes. You know, <laughs> not the fact, not, not the fact I was running 140 miles and changed that week. So, um, yeah, no longer. So a lot of a lot of shoes in rotation and you know it's great that i can wear a lot of brands but obviously too, it's like if i'm you know have to wear a brand that's you know wants to work with me like gladly just, just rock that shoe but for now it's like just keep keep a healthy shoe rotation you know give give my feet variations you know respond well strengthen them in different ways and um obviously just have a have great workout shoes
0: running 145 miles a week i feel like there are not too many people in the running community who even touch that at all so do you look to i mean we were talking about before recording david goggins do you look to people like goggins or even talking about bpn people like nick bear just like grinders to gain inspiration to put in the work that most people in the sport
1: don't yes and no so like first like for me it's like i've always obviously i've been you have to have talent to get to where i've been but i've always just like prided myself just being able to like to work really hard at this and that's one that i've just like really embraced is like you know i don't want anyone to ever like or be able to look back at training and say someone's outworked you that's why they beat you um and that's the mentality i had from plaz you know in college where like it's definitely like, one of the best comments ever he's like i've never coached anyone that's worked as hard as you um you know which means a lot coming from him so that's one that i just really take pride in um and i just like really try to like use that to my advantage being like no one's gonna outwork me um want to grind through it love grinding through it um and obviously there are guys you know like like goggins like nick um you see him just like you see Nick where, and Nick will tell tell you too, like he's like, he's not a, like a great athlete. He's just really good at working out, you know, like for Nick to be like trying to run 245 now, like in a couple weeks at CIM with his build and like his bodybuilding background, like it's impressive. The dude just grinds, like puts in his work, does what Jeff Cunningham's coach writes for him, um, checks the box and moves on. And even, you know, same with Goggins, just like the dude just works his ass off. Um and obviously you see see the results, like what he's done in in ultra running, you know, obviously what he's done for, you know, even himself in in his own career, you know, just being a guy that wants to show up, work hard, um, check the boxes and work hard the next day. So, um, you know, I definitely pull, you know, like stuff from from Goggins, like I said, you know, I was gonna joke, you know, to to Allison, my girlfriend pre i I'm like, I'm just gonna goggins this for as long as I can, just like keep keep just saying like this is easy, like. You know, easy work, um, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I love watching like LeBron James highlights is one of my favorite things. Just Like, you know, like peak LeBron James, just seeing like, you know, that, that like kind of those type of highlight reels kind of motivate me. Um, trying to think what else, like back, back in the day in college, like love watching like Floyd Mayweather fights and just his, like, his like cockiness and arrogance, but it was like, he's undefeated. He's earned it, you know? So like, just like try to bring like that kind of swagger, that confidence into, you know, what I'm doing. Um, And just like not be afraid to go go work hard Um, because i don't want to at the end of the day like i was like i want to check every single box so that i can go get this record and you know be able to say i did everything i i could even if i didn't get it you know um that's really kind of my my motivation but i mean it's great just seeing guys other guys do it because you know you appreciate you know what you're doing to go after your goals and when you see someone else doing especially like someone like nick who sheds a ton of light on it does a great job at showing his journey Um, makes you appreciate you know other guys that are just grinding out there so we've kind of documented at
0: length your build and process leading into this race you end up getting the record you run four hours 48 minutes 21 seconds if i'm not mistaken 546 average take the people through the race
1: yeah man so um going through it it is a so tunnel hill like slated awesome course it is relatively flat and i'll put a big emphasis on on relatively because it's a double out and back so it's don't quote me on the exact distance but it's like 13 and 13.3 13.4 miles south from vienna city park you go 13 miles south 13 miles back up 11 miles and change north 11 miles and change back to the finish so that's the course through and through um and me like my plan right off the bat was you know i talked to des a couple days before chatted through and she's like and here's what I thought. I'm like, I want to run 440 to 445. Like, I think I can confidently do that. And it, that was just confidence built up from me going on, like murdering myself on the farm roads in Boulder, you know, at way faster paces, probably not as long, but I'm like, I'm at altitude, I'm in the middle of a block. Um, so I'm going to put some time into this and just kind of hopefully like negative split or just like maintain or at least have enough money in the bank where I can work with that going down. And Daz just like, I love it. That's perfect. It's like, you're going to be 40 miles in and like, you've never gone that far. So it's like, you're going to want some time to work with because you're in uncharted territory. So do what you can and roll with it. So, um, on that start line, the goal is just get out, um, on pace, five forty as close as I could. Um, and just maintain. So the course for the first roughly marathon, you know, the 13 miles south, 13 miles back is, um, net even like you're, there's no sort of hill, like, yeah like maybe it's a little up here a little down there but you don't really sense it enough you know it's not going to dictate your pace or change your pace really effort so um officially like looking at my splits i like i put a ton of money like ton of time down like even i went through here's what i was kind of goggins it was the first aid station five and a half miles grabbed my bottle and i'm just like you know juice myself up i'm like i'm like i already got a minute on this on this motherfucker go like going right past my dad and my buddy shane and allison i just like amping myself up and i was I was already running five my first mile was five thirty eight um and I didn't crack five forty i was every mile was under five forty until mile twenty five so so i had and that mile mile twenty five was a five forty point you know whatever um so I had a lot of time to work with um which was sort of by design I didn't think I'd have that much, but I felt like I've run you know five twelve pace for twenty six for a marathon you know it's like I can run five thirty five pace Five thirty-seven pace very easily for that same distance, you know, without really thinking or blinking. So, here's where it gets tricky: is you go back through twenty-six miles, and here's where it gets hard because the ro- the race is called Tunnel Hill, um, and it's this, it's super cool. I mean, it's the old rail trail, so like train tracks just run through there. It's this like tunnel, and it's I swear it's two hundred meters long. It's so dark you can only see like the hole at the other side of it. You can't see your feet or anything. Like it's so dark and long. But that's at the far, essentially far north end. You go through that, go down about two miles, turn around, go back up to the tunnel, and then it's downhills towards the finish. Um, so, but here's where, like, and even for me, just in talking to Des, too, I was like, I need to be, I was to have some time in the bank, and then I'm working uphill from, you know, 26, 27, all the way up to the tunnel until, like, 38, you know, so it's 10 plus miles of this gradual incline, nothing, like, no kickers or anything, just gradual climb the entire time. Um and that's where i was like all right i need to like stay committed lock in and i'm just telling myself too like even when i went through 26 i'm like all right you've been 24 miles in boulder like at 5:30 pace like this is gonna be easy to like you're still telling myself like, in my head like kind of gogginsing it um then even when i got to it got really hard at 34 because i was like still i was climbing um had put like, and I'm not seeing the splits that I want to. And you just like, you don't get discouraged because I know I have a lot of time in the bank still, but I'm seeing like 550 lows as I'm going up. And I'm like, well, that definitely equates to way faster like effort wise, um, as of am climbing. But I'm like, you still have time to work with, you're still within the range. Um, and I'm just like, at that point, I'm just like, just get to the next bottle, get your nutrition, um, finish the bottle, finish your gel, um, get to the tunnel, go down, get the turnaround and then get back up. And you have a downhill, you know, essentially all the way to the finish. So. Um, really started working hard, committed at, at 34. Um, but I told myself to him, like, dude, you ran 16 miles at, you know, 545 pace a few weeks ago. Like, this is, it's gonna be easy. You know, just like still tell myself that and like, just convincing myself that I feel good and I'll feel good enough when I get to my next bottle. So just like work through those like scenarios where it's like, all right, cool. I'm hurting my next bottle's in three miles. I can hurt for three more miles. I'll get my bottle. And I'll feel way better. Even though it didn't feel any better. I forgot my bottle, but I just convinced myself that And when I get my bottle, it's like, finish your bottle and you'll feel better. Um, and you just tell yourself that and obviously it's kind of goes away and you don't feel any better but you by that point you're already halfway to your next checkpoint or turnaround so you just like work through those scenarios so it was just me playing that in my game um really the last 20 miles um so really like i know i still have a lot of time in the bank i get through the tunnel get to the turnaround work back up to the tunnel for two miles then i have a nice down like this very gradual downhill that I just worked my ass off like keeping pace and again i'm like i'm seeing splits that i didn't necessarily like i mean it's i'm i am did not see anything in the sixes but i'm still like 550s um but where where it got hard though is like i put so much power and work in climbing up after you know 30 miles up to roughly 40 miles that turn around my quads are shot like so I'm, i'm running downhill and it's nothing steep it's just very very kind downhill but it's like I've, I'm at mile 40, 42 now. My legs have never been at this point, and that's where it really hurt, was at 42. I'm like, this hurt. Like, my legs, I have, I'm have. i just picking up, putting them down. Like, I'm not really getting anywhere. I'm slowing down. Thank God I have the downhill. But I'm like, I'm just getting no power. There's turnover, no power out of, like, what I'm putting down. So, um, at that point, too, there's, like, there's the last aid station is 47 miles. There's nothing between, like, the tunnel and then the last aid station. It's like, 40 to 47. There's nothing. So I purposely had a last gel stashed. I wanted to have like 45, but I like, I ripped it at 42. Cause I'm like, I need this now. And like, and I had a ketone shot too that I ripped and I just washed it down with it. Um, so like I'm out of fuel. Like my next, my next thing is like, just get to 47, get that bottle and then you're essentially home, you know? Um, but for me, it's like, I'm essentially loading my quads going down and I'm like, I'm putting in, I'm running six minute pace at this point going downhill. I'm just like, I need to stay on it, stay on it. Like I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, you still have it. You just need to get there. Um, so just kind of convincing myself to like, just keep going, keep going. like keep an effort. Um, but I start thinking at right around like 46, like, like what, like, what if I stop? Like what, like if I stretch my quads, would that help? Like, but I am telling myself, dude, as soon as you stop, you're not gonna be able to start. So I'm doing this, like, I'm not jogging in place, but I really slow down to like recharge for maybe 10 seconds. And then I'd like surge for as long as I can trying to pick it up at like 540 pace again. And it worked to an extent, but it's just like, now it's really slowing down. Um, So I, my watch splits at like 47, it was like a 613. And I'm like, damn dude. Like you're, you're lo-. like, I did the math in my head. I'm like, I can run like 650 highs, right about seven flat at 46. I can run 28 minutes and still get it by like 20, 15, 20 seconds or so. Like in my head is like what I'm doing. Um, so I get to 47, just past it. I'm like, my quads have nothing. Um, there's a little rise right before the, um, fuel station at like 47. And like, I got over that and I just had no juice. So I, I'm like, F it. I stopped. So I stopped for 10 seconds max. Um, and just like pulled my quads back and just stretched them each side. And I'm like, I'm like, can't hesitate. You just got to go. Like, you just got to go. So like, and I start running again. Everything felt so good. Everything felt great. I'm like, oh man, like I'm ready to go. Felt great for like three minutes, four minutes. <laughs> and, and, and then the feeling came back. So I had essentially stopped right at like 47. So I'm looking at like my live watch time and it's like, okay, I'm at, um, you know, like I was at 750 pace. Like when I started running again, I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> you know, th- this could, this could start, this could be bad. But then I start looking like half mile later, I'm at, you know, or even like four meters later, I'm at seven like low seven oh something and then like that 48 like mile 47 to 48 splits i was it was a 630 so like in my head i'm like dude you have two miles to go you can run i could run close to like 15 minutes in my head i'm like and you're still gonna be like right at it or close so like i'm still like hurting pretty bad um but my 48 49 was a 630 i'm like dude in the bag so like you start being able to see like kind of the, the clock, like wait, it's like a long stretch for probably a half mile. So you can kind of like see the clock and kind of see people near the finish line. Um, I was like, just maintain, I, you know, maintain rent six flat last mile. Um, so brought in, but that kind of excitement got me going. Um, so there was, a, there was never a point where I like, I doubted myself. Um, but it was just like, it just got really hard because I was like, on shutter territory really like at, you know, 34 climbing got really hard, really had to commit to run the five fifty lows. And then at 42, eight miles later, it was just like, holy crap, I'm, I'm bonking. I need fuel. Like, I just need to like stay on my feet. Um, and just keep, you know, picking my feet up and putting it down. Um, so, so that was the race again, it really went, went perfectly to plan. You know, I would have loved to run faster, you know, had I not, you know, gone on as hot, I think I would have had a little more, a little more juice, you know, the last eight miles, but at the same time, it's like, I knew I needed some time in the bank, um, and that you know my fitness definitely carried me through the first 26 miles to you know be able to run you know definitely average like i said 535 537 so like i was way 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 under um and just, you know worked worked at that and you know obviously needed needed some of the some of the um you know cash that i had uh <laughs> that i'd put in so i was taking some withdrawals out the last uh last you know 15 10 miles especially the last eight miles um but you know got got to the line you know 448 21. so
0: where do you go from here in a word? What are the the thoughts a few weeks removed from it? What are some things you think will be in your future?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like I, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in my race. Like I'm happy with how I executed, but I want to go faster. Like I genuinely think, um, I want to say a faster course. Um, but like, I definitely think if I'm have a little bit of help, I did it all completely solo from the gun, 50 miles solo. Um, obviously like I'm it's a double on back, so you see people and stuff, and you're like they're cheering for you and all that. But it's like I didn't have anyone on my shoulder pushing me, so I'd love to run. I think I run as fast as 4:43. Love to try to run 4:45 at some point. Um, but for me now, it's like I'm that person where it's like it's always what's next, what's next, what's next, and it's good. But I also I'm terrible at letting myself rest and recover. Um, you know, I got the trials now, and we're under 11 weeks away, so gotta get ready for that. And then really for me, it's like obviously I made made a like that was my kind of coming out party like all right i'm 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 here at ultra world so now it's like you know how can i One, hopefully, go faster and two how can i compete against the best in the world so like i st- I want to run comrades marathon um u.s 100k cha- or not u.s 100k champs world 100k championships are supposed to be sometime in november next fall of 24 so i'd love to hopefully this hopefully world record at 50 miles is good enough to get selected for the u.s team um in that case i'd love to go try to win win a you know world title with the 100k champs um and just really try to you know, I have some unfinished business at the 50k as well um so 50k 50 mile and you know 100k are kind of what i'm looking at but still like what i was telling you with, with training um i think being also a good marathoner helps with with this especially with my you know aerobic background and how i respond to long runs like i think i, I try to like i want to pr on the marathon as well i mean if i am run 216 10 twice the exact the exact time you know five years apart so i'm just like i think i have a i'm probably capped out 212 213 just like physical ability wise but I think on the right day, right weather, right course, um, you know, right groups to run with, I think I can run, you know, 2.13, maybe 2.12. I think 2.14 is definitely my realm. So um, get faster at that, get faster in the marathon, to hopefully get faster and more competitive at, on the world stage at the major, you know, world ultras. And obviously want to keep taking time off my, my world record. So that's, you know, like I said, short-term trials, long-term, 100K champs, and just like really, you know, seeing, testing myself at this, this distance or this, you know, the ultra world. I don't necessarily see myself doing trails. I hate technical stuff. Like I'm decent enough at them, but, um, I like being able to still use, use my, I guess, you know, would be marathon speed, um, to its advantage, um, on the road. So
0: Charlie, one final serious question for you, for those who have listened to this conversation are inspired by you, your story, your grit, what would be one final takeaway
1: message you want to leave with our audience today? I'd say just don't be afraid to like, if you have a goal, like, don't be afraid to work hard. Like this is something that's like, you know, for most people to look at like my running career, like it's been pretty average man or like below average for what the expectations that I had for myself and what a lot of people had for myself. But it's just like, you know, I had this goal for a couple years out. Like I knew I had, you know, a little more potential at this distance. So it's like, if you see something in yourself, um, and you're motivated to go get it, like go get it. Like just don't be afraid to like to throw yourself at it and just embrace the it's it's a cliche at this point. But just you know, embrace the grind, enjoy the process, um, and just break it up day by day. You know, like that's one thing for me. Like when I was injured all of twenty twenty two, it was like I hate the pool, I hate biking, but it's like just do it one more day. Just go bike for five hours, one more day. And that's like next day, go be in the pool for three hours, just one day. Check that box, go to the next. So it's just like don't be afraid to like take it day by day, check those boxes and don't be afraid to like embrace it and work hard. So that's probably my, my biggest thing.
0: Charlie, the final question I ask every guest on every single episode, if you had Gordon Ramsey coming over to your house for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? I guess you kind of okay. answered this already through your routine, but any specific dish.
1: Yeah. So this, this is my Minnesota and me coming over. So, um, chicken wild rice burritos with it'd be a mango pineapple, like reduction to drizzle on top of it with like a side salad and a simple dressing. I love it. Charlie, appreciate you. Appreciate
0: you sharing your story. I'm going to go run 50 miles after this conversation. So I uh, keep crushing it, man, and excited to see all the things you'll do.
1: No, I appreciate you, man.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at The Running Effect. I hope you're running and life is going well I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.